folks. Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday night as I am recording this one uh, pretty late after the Nuggets lose to the Memphis Grizzlies, 108 to 106. Uh, had dinner, cleaned up, took took my time with this one. Wanted to uh, wanted to decompress after what was, I think, a pretty interesting game. Uh, from both sides on this one, where uh, John Morant goes for 18, 6, and 6, looks really good. Michael Porter Jr. doesn't make any threes, doesn't look great. Uh, well, he looked he looked fine other than that, is what I will say. Like, he looks, he, every other part of his game has actually been fine. Grabbed 11 rebounds, was a plus 7 tonight, led the team in plus minus once again, which is pretty crazy. Uh, given the shooting slump that he's in. But he went 0 of 3 from 3. He's down to 21% from 3 on the year. And that's through 8 games. That's 10% of the year. 10% where he's shooting 21% from 3. That's never happened in his life. So I'm very curious to see uh, what the next steps are. Uh, what What's discussed and like whether it's trying to get him different shots, trying to play him in a different position, whatnot. I'm, I'm very curious to see when Denver comes off of this road trip, what the overall discussion is going to be about him. But let's start off this podcast by just discussing the first half of this game, which I thought was well, very up and down, uh, very down and then very up. Then second segment, we will discuss the rest of the game, third, fourth quarter, and then lastly, we will discuss kind of what's trending for this Nuggets team right now. There's been a lot that's gone on. Uh, they're now 4-4, four and four, so you can kind of reset everything that you thought about them. And I was hoping that they would come out with a little bit better energy than they did tonight. And, uh, and yeah, it was pretty bad. So let's get into it. First five minutes of this game are nightmarish for this team. They look awful. The starting lineup, the... Uh, quality, amazing starting lineup that Denver has put out there. Uh, they completely wet the bed. No energy whatsoever. Uh, can't hit shots, but also can't guard anybody either. Uh, they give up 17 points in about five minutes. And the result of that, in what I thought was a stroke of genius from Michael Malone, was benching the entire bench or benching the entire starting unit outside of Nikola Jokic. Because uh, Monte Morris and Will Barton, they were flat out bad to start this game. Uh, John Morant was getting where he wanted. The Grizzlies were getting open shots. The Nuggets were settling for deep twos consistently. Both Morris and Barton were just not very aggressive and settling. And that led to some really bad possessions for Denver all in a row. And as a result, they got out to a really bad start. And so Michael Malone does a good thing, in my opinion. I know that people are unhappy, they, or some people are unhappy that he went to the bench because of how bad the bench has been. But no, I think this was something that had to be done. This is a, this is definitely a situation where you can't let that slide. You can't let that kind of effort, that kind of intensity, uh, just just go unchecked, or else the bench will try to get away with more and more. Maybe not not necessarily coming out to great effort in the next game either. And I honestly thought it lit a fire under Will Barton. That's for sure. He took that in stride and then had a really, really good game. 
Uh, so there's something to be taken from that. But over the next four minutes, uh, Denver, they struggle to get most of anything. Uh, Bones Highland does come in and give Denver some good minutes, though. Uh, I thought that he was very good as a pick-and-roll creator. Uh, created shots for Jokic, created shots for himself, uh, created shots for others. That was a really good sign that Denver was able to get those kinds of looks from their rookie guard. And better looks than they were getting from Monte Morris and Will Barton at that point. And of course, Michael Porter. But Denver still struggles. They still can't uh, make any progress. And then with about two and a half minutes left, Jokic comes out. Denver just sort of falls apart. Uh, Jamichael Green doesn't look very good. P.J. Dozier doesn't look very good. Faku Campazzo, I mean, he attempted one shot in this game. And I think it was a open transition, or not open transition layup, but a transition layup nonetheless. So he's just a non-factor in the half court right now. And we'll get to him. But Denver goes to a bench lineup that includes P.J. Dozier at the four. They take out Jeff Green and do not play him with Jamichael Green. I thought that that was pretty interesting. Denver, uh, they weren't good in the Jeff Green minutes tonight. And I, I don't think the Jeff Green gave them much of anything at all. So I'm glad that they went a different direction. And Michael Malone has the gumption to be able to do that. That's a, that's a good sign that this team is trying different things. And I'll talk about that more in segment three. Uh, but they still couldn't get anything to go. Will Barton came back into the game and he played a bunch of minutes uh, with that bench. Basically, his rotations tonight, he would play the first five to six minutes of the first and third quarters. Then he would come out for three to four minutes. Then he would play the rest of the half and the game. And that's too many minutes. They they have to figure that out. Michael Mullen really wanted a win and Will Barton was giving them good minutes and very few others were giving them good minutes. So that's why Will Barton stayed in. They couldn't go to anybody else. And that's an issue. In the second quarter, like actually, no, we'll, we'll keep end of the first quarter. I went off on Faku for this one because with three seconds left, Tyus Jones gets the ball on the inbound and races down past Faku Campazo with very little resistance, gets an open layup out of it, scores. And you just can't have those kinds of buckets, especially from like. If Faku Campazzo is going to be your, your defensive point guard, your guy who is giving the best possible effort, who is preventing people from getting easy shots, those are shots that he has to prevent. And it's not even like him specifically. It's just if anybody did that, then they should be eviscerated. They should not play. And Faku has not played well enough to earn the benefit of the doubt. None of the bench guys have, except for Bones, actually. Like, the fact that Bones has been Denver's best bench player is a really bad sign. That's really, really not good. The Nuggets struggle to keep it close in the first quarter. They go down 37 to 19. But the second quarter happens, and Denver comes back. They play really well. They get back into it. Barton came out with some great energy. He was getting to the rim he was creating shots for himself and others. Started out that period with Jamichael Green uh, receiving a Will Barton wraparound pass underneath the basket. 
and he got that shot, that was really, really important that Barton was able to create that. Bones came into the game, like I said. He hit the the first few points that he created were off of assists. He had a nice shot that he had in the second quarter, isolating against Xavier Tillman, the Memphis Grizzlies center. Michael Porter's shot happened. Uh, he His first, first uh, shot of the game happened with about nine minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, that's not a great sign for where he's at. Uh, he did make some good open passes uh, or creating for others. He created an open shot for Jokic, created an open shot for Monte, uh, and it was off of his own aggressiveness. So I thought that that was a really good sign. But that's kind of the end of it other than maybe some good offensive rebounding. Um, and he also attacked the paints. Like I, I do think that his approach was good tonight, uh, but we'll talk about him more later. Um, Denver won that second quarter, 36 to 19. Memphis won the first quarter, 37 to 19. So Denver was down one and a half, but it was really great stuff overall. Will Barton created 19 points in the second quarter alone, matched what Memphis did. If Denver was without Will Barton at this point, then I don't know what they would do. Tonight, he scores 26 points, seven assists. Three rebounds, two steals, a block. Had that highlight block on one end of the floor and then raced down the other end and and got a nice highlight layup out of it. And he's just playing really well. I thought he might have overshot a little bit tonight. But when you and Nicola are the only guys who can take shots and make shots, then I'm not really concerned with the number of shots that you take. He was playing really well and... They were relying on him, and so I I don't blame him for some of the second-half stuff, but because the first half, specifically the second quarter, was really, really, really good, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. And the Nuggets, they go down big in the first quarter, low effort, low intensity, low execution, and then a little bit of fight, a little bit of... uh, focused energy gets them back into the game in the second quarter. They would have been ahead had they made more than two of 10 shots from behind the three-point line. That is an ongoing problem, and we're going to have to talk about that. When we come back, let's get into the second half. We will be right back. and roll Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We've now had two straight losses to the Memphis Grizzlies and losing two games in a row to the same team is never a good feeling uh, because you have, uh, you had time to correct stuff. You had time to look at it and, and totally get a feel of how the opposing team was going to guard you and how they were going to play you. And I think that Nikola Jokic took that seriously where he had 34, 11, and 5. But it just doesn't seem like he's getting enough help. And 
though there were some players off the bench that were in the plus, them not being able to score and it just being down to Will Barton and Michael Porter, and not really Michael Porter at this point, but Will Barton and maybe even Nicole Jokic, that when those guys are on the floor, then they are the first, second, and third option on the bench units. Uh, that's not a great sign. And uh, I thought that in the second half, we had a lot more bench questions, and that, that that's sort of the defining reason for why Denver lost this game once again, because they can't go to anybody on that bench unit. Bones is really the only guy right now. Denver reclaimed the lead in the third quarter. Uh, they went up by as many as 10 points in the third on a Bones Highland dunk. Uh, that was kind of after an initial even play from Jokic and the Nuggets starters versus Memphis, uh, the Memphis starters, basically. John and the Memphis starters. Uh, they basically played each other even. Denver got one extra basket out of it. They were up by 273 to 71 when Jokic went out of the game at about the 230 mark. And then the bench, Denver's bench initially got it to 83 to 73, 10 to 2 run. And the reason for that was eight straight points from Will Barton. And then a run out for Bones uh, for a dunk. That was a, a nice tip pass by Faku. Like he did a good job of, of kind of making a hustle play there. And you're never not going to get hustle pay, hustle plays from Faku, at least in these contexts. But that was one of just two assists for Faku tonight. He's just not creating anything. But Denver was up 83 to 73 in this game. At one point, they had a good spot. They were there in a spot where they could really not put the game away, but really kind of take control and sort of uh, just give Jokic a cushion, give the Nuggets starters a cushion where they could come back in and, and come into a comfortable lead. The problem, though, was Jaron Jackson Jr. got hot. On the last play of the third quarter, time running down, uh, Jaron Jackson gets free on the right wing and takes about a 32-footer at the end of the third quarter that he hits. He's been struggling so much, but against Denver, I think he's hit like eight combined threes between the two games, and he was shooting so badly before that, playing so badly before that, that it's kind of crazy that that Denver was just the, the team that he needed in order to get going. Kind of crazy. Uh, but not only does he hit the 32-footer at the end of the third, he begins the fourth quarter with back-to-back threes. Bones Highland misses a layup in between there. Got free. I thought he got fouled, but it, it clearly it wasn't a foul. Or maybe it was, and they just didn't call it. And then Jaron Jackson Jr. gets free for another three. And he's playing the five at this point. He's kind of alternating between him, Xavier Tillman, Steven Adams, all three of them are taking their time. And the big problem for Denver, I think, right now, not the big one, but just one one issue. We got to talk about Jeff Green. Um, Jeff has not been a helpful player for the Nuggets to start this year. 
not only is he really not hitting shots, like just just missing a whole bunch of threes, and and I, I know that that's going to like fluctuate. And there's a lot of guys that aren't hitting threes, but I was really excited to get him uh, for kind of the veteran play, for his ability to assimilate into any lineup and to make it better. Uh, he has a big reputation of being able to space the floor as a quality stretch five, quality stretch four, and give teams good options. But he just has not been good, has not been helpful at all. Jamichael, I, I actually think that the initial plan in that game was for Jeff to not play in the second half because Jamichael Green came in at about the 2.30 mark in the third quarter and then rolled his ankle about 45 seconds into that stint, something like that. And he comes out of the game. Jeff Green comes in and just immediately was really bad as the small ball five. He's not in a great position to succeed because uh, P.J. Dozier's the the four next to him. Denver's playing four guards. They're playing Faku, Bones, Will Barton, and P.J. Dozier because none of their bigs uh, have been really good, and they played Aaron Gordon for pretty much the entire third. And they gave Jeff Green a chance, and I thought he was just really, really bad. He allowed Jaron Jackson Jr. to get hot tonight, just like Aaron Gordon kind of allowed him some shots in the previous game. And one of the big issues with Jeff is that I'm not sure what he do, does well right now outside of kind of driving to the rim on self-created shots. He hasn't rebounded the ball at all. Like he has, he had four rebounds in one game. I think he had three against Dallas. But other than that, he's had one, two, or zero in every single game. He hasn't had outside shots. He's down in the 20s, I'm pretty sure, if not lower. And then he hasn't defended. Just giving no resistance right now. And Denver's just not getting anything from their backup front court at this point, whether it's Jeff Green or Jermichael Green. There's been a lot of talk about the guards. But it sort of goes all around. And I think that I know that Jeff has been really good in other spaces, in other places. But for whatever reason, he just hasn't found a rhythm here. He might have been better had he been playing with Jamal Murray or had he been playing more with Jokic. But even when he's been out there with Jokic, just kind of in the corner hitting threes, he hasn't hit those threes. It's one of the things that he does and he hasn't done it. So Denver needs more from him, whether it's hustle, made threes, better one-on-one defense, but something, anything just has to show some life. Um, Jokic comes back into the game at about the nine minute mark. He left at about two 30 in the third when Denver was up two. Denver went up 10 briefly and then immediately went down four. And so he comes back in with the game in 90 to 86 and Memphis scores 18 points from that point. Denver scores 20 points from that 90 to 86 score. Jokic had 13 of those points. The other points came from Bones hitting a pick-and-roll three, which was really nice. He was kind of playing a two-man game with Jokic, navigating the pick-and-roll. His defense, uh, his defender goes under, so Bones pulls up and hits a three. That was a really big shot. 
Will Barton hit a layup, uh, though he wasn't very good in the in the fourth quarter outside of that. Monte Morris hit a pull-up jumper off of a Jokic pass. It was really good. But there were no points from Michael Porter. There were no points from Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon took five shots tonight, really took the uh, the fifth option role seriously. Um, he was four of five, hit his only three, didn't really have a lot of opportunities to hit shots. So I, it's hard to blame him for that. But if he's only going to take five shots and Monte Morris is going to go eight points on three of 12, Porter has to step up because Barton stepped up. He took 21 shots. Got to 26 points. Seven assists. Was really good. Jokic had 34 on 20 shots. Got to the free throw line 10 times. Was awesome. Michael Porter, though? Nothing. Just got nothing from him in the fourth quarter outside of... He did have three rebounds. Uh, But not getting a single point of production from Porter and Gordon is really bad especially against a Memphis team where they were playing Kyle Anderson a lot. They were staggering Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams, so it wasn't like they were playing so big that Denver was facing off against really good defenders all the time. They were going up against John Conchar, Zaire Williams, Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain playing down, playing at the small forward. Shooting guard size, but playing small forward. And Porter took one shot. It was a leaning 12-footer in the post when probably could have passed it to Jokic anyway. But it's clear that those guys don't trust him. And it's clear that he probably doesn't deserve it right now with where his head is at as a shooter. Like, he's just so far in his own head that I'm not surprised that they're not trying to go out of their way to give him shooting opportunities in these games. a problem. But Jokic was in his bag. Jokic was doing everything he could to keep this team in the game. Hit a 30-footer at the buzzer. Hit a fadeaway on the baseline after coming off of a wedge screen. Uh, Was just very, very good. Very active around the rim. Doing everything he could. He did miss the final shot. But uh, Harrison Wynn took a video of this got the uh, the good instant replay. Very clear that uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. hit Nikola Jokic on the, on the wrist, on the forearm. That'll show up in the last two-minute report. And yay, great. Very cool. But uh, it's too bad. I actually probably would have, if I said this on Twitter, um, got some hate for it because I'm not Nikola Jokic and like I'm not an MVP candidate. So I get it. I understand why people are upset with me that I would say I would do something different if I were Jokic. But against Jaron Jackson, I think the thing that I would have done in that situation would be to turn to the other shoulder, uh, get him on the, the side where he's trying to prevent going middle, and then turn and pivot and hit a shot with your other hand or with the with your right hand, but kind of over your left shoulder. That's That's what I personally would have liked to see from him. Uh, because Jaron Jackson Jr. is smaller than Steven Adams, and he's not going to block that shot no matter what. But hey, it's it's hard to complain. Like, Jokic is awesome. He clearly got fouled on that shot anyway. So if they had 
like if he had not gotten fouled, then he probably makes it. If they call the foul, then he makes the two free throws. And we may not be having this conversation at all. But either way, like I said, 34-11-5 on 20 shots, 2 of 5 from 3, 10 of 10 from the free throw line, added two steals, continues to play good defense. Denver's been very good when he's been out there. It's tough. But I got to say, I'm not really cut up about this loss. Like, And I don't think Nuggets should be either, or Nuggets fans. It is indicative of some of Denver's issues. Like the bench still isn't giving them much of anything. Porter isn't giving them much of anything as a scorer. Uh, Barton was really good, but he played 40, 41 minutes. Monte Morris was not good. Uh, And he took 12 shots. Like he has to start hitting some threes as well. So I'm, I'm not really cut up about it because it's it wasn't like presenting a new issue that Denver had to solve. A lot of Denver's issues are going to be solved when Porter starts hitting his shots again. But we don't know when that's going to happen. And because of that, Denver's going to keep struggling. They're going to keep trying to figure out how to score because right now they can't. Not unless it's Jokic or Barton. When we come back, we're going to talk about what is trending for this Nuggets team after a 4-4 four and four start. We will be right back. We're back. Pickaxe and roll. Final segment here. Thank you for tuning in if you've tuned in so far. I'm going to have a special guest tonight, Swipe a Cam, coming onto the program. So if you're listening to this one, make sure to catch up on tomorrow's episode as well. Because Swipe is going to have some takes. I have no doubt. We're going to wax poetic on Nikola Jokic once again. And it's going to be interesting to see what Denver does. Um, Because... Swiper and I are going to have some opinions about it, that's for sure. Okay, here are some takeaways that I have from Denver's first eight games, where they go four and four after their first road trip of the season. They go one and two. Uh, not great. Definitely not great to start to start the year, but it also could be worse. Denver started the year last year one and four, and that was bad. And then MPJ immediately got COVID. So, like, there was there's some things that they had to figure out. Um, the first takeaway that I have right now is that Jokic is really doing this by himself night to night. He will occasionally get some help from somebody, and most of the time it's been Barton. Uh, but Barton had two bad games in the previous uh, two of the previous three. Tonight he had 26 points on 21 shots. Seven assists, two steals, a block. I, like I said, he Parton was really good tonight, but he's not a guy that you want to count on every single night to deliver. Because sooner or later, Barton's going to have some bad games. He's going to get hurt. And because of that, it's tough to always have him as your second best guy if you want to be a championship contender. And Denver wants that. They know that they're getting Jamal back at some point. But it's not going to be until the second half of the year, that's for sure. 
And now you're 10% of the way into it and your offense sucks. Your offense really, really sucks. But Jokic, he would still be the MVP if the Nuggets could win games. Like hypothetically, if they were to have won this game, Denver's 5-3 and three going into their next game on Saturday against Houston. If they win that, they're 6-3. and three. And you look around and you look at what Jokic has done so far, what he's had to carry, and you realize, oh wait, Jokic is even better than where he's been before. He's still providing that same offensive punch, but now he's also a good defender. He's been a great defender to start the season. And that has really elevated the Nuggets defense to the point where center defense is very important. And I've been one to really kind of shy away from this because whenever you say that center defense is really important when talking about Jokic, usually it leads to a negative conversation about him. But now it leads to a positive one because Jokic is helping lead the Nuggets to a high defensive rating because of what he is doing on the floor. There are some others that are helping. Like Aaron Gordon, I think, is Denver's best defender. He has been really, really, really good. But Jokic is Denver's second best defender. That's pretty clear in my opinion. Let's talk about the offense first. Actually, I mean, we could talk about them in concert. Denver is... 26th in offensive rating so far at 102.0. Last year, they had an offensive rating that was somewhere around 115, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just check that now because I think that that's important. Um, The difference between last year and this year is just so stark for people that were able to see it. Uh, Denver last year, They were always dynamic, always dangerous, and actually 116.3 offensive rating, now down to 102 to start this year. That's an incredible drop-off, 14 points per 100. And they still have Jokic. They've had him for every game. Like, it's just, it's nuts. Um, But when the rest of your team is just incredibly unreliable from game to game, outside of maybe Will Barton, that's going to happen. With Jokic on the floor, Denver's offensive rating is 108.3, which isn't really good. It's really not. Like, that's a below average offensive rating in the NBA last year. Now, it might be average this year because offense has been down across the board. But you still don't want to be average when your best player is playing. You want to be elite, especially Jokic. Like, he's the best offensive player in basketball. Like, to drag him down is difficult. But with him off the floor, Denver's at an 88.9 offensive rating. That is a 20 points per 100 possessions drop-off. 88.9. It's hard to be that bad. And Denver's doing it consistently, where they can't score unless Will Barton is carrying them. Because Porter hasn't carried them so far. It really has just been Barton. And I hope that he and Bones continue to play together. Because I think that those two can really develop some chemistry for sure. Like Denver's offense was pretty good tonight when Bones and Barton were out there. 
I thought that those two were giving each other some really good creation um, and really kind of alternating between Barton being the attacker, the driver, and then Bones kind of being a even more of a point guard than anything else. He was getting some good passes out there tonight. Let's talk about defense, though. Denver's at fourth in defensive rating at 100.6. 100.6, excuse me. 93.8 with Jokic on and 110.3 with Jokic off. Given that your offense is going to struggle when Jokic comes off the floor, you need to be a really good defense when he sits. And so far, Denver has been average to bad. Like, they've still had some times where they've been able to make it work. But most of the time, they haven't been good. And I think it really comes down to Denver's been short in the front court and short in the back court. P.J. Dozier hasn't had the same impact that you would hope for. But he also can't do everything. You can't put everything on P.J. Dozier to lift up a lineup. Faku Campazo has been way worse defensively this year. Just not impactful at all. At least with P.J. Dozier, you can see it sometimes. Like You can see the, the rotations on the backside. He pokes balls free and gets blocks at the rim sometimes with his physicality, with his size, with his basketball IQ, everything. Faku Campazzo's had nothing for it. And then when you add Bones Highland into that equation... Like, he was good tonight. Like, he had a steal. He picked off a John Morant pass, and he's been better defensively than Faku so far, which I think is insane, but it's also true. Like, objectively speaking, that hasn't really helped, and Faku's been out there every time. His numbers are minus other than the Spurs game in the, in the season opener where he had his head on fire. He was really good in that game. But that was it. I will say that Jeff Green, though, is the biggest reason. If you're pointing at reasons for why the bench defense has been bad, he has not found a rhythm in any way, shape, or form. Sometimes Denver plays him at the four. Sometimes they play him at the five. But he hasn't been impactful as a defender in any of those capacities. I thought he would be better. I really did. Um, But he's not rebounding the basketball. And he's not forcing misses. He just seems to be behind rotation every single time. And maybe that's because Faku's getting broken down or Barton's getting broken down. Barton has actually been a, a bad defender on the second unit. Barton's been a good defender on the first unit, bad defender on the second unit. I don't really know how to quantify that, but like something is going on there. And what I will say is that in the minutes without Jokic, because they're plus 14.5 when he's on the floor, minus 21.4 when he's off. In the minutes without Jokic, they have tried different things. They wanted to give that first bench an opportunity. Uh, Faku, Rivers, Dozier, Green and Green. But that's only been the main bench for four games. Game five, they changed that. They went away from it. They tried different things. 
at that point. And after that, or basically like not after that, but uh, they've they've tried Bones as a more mainstay in the rotation, and and Bones played 21 minutes tonight. He played the most minutes off the bench of anybody. So, and he was a plus one to be clear. Uh, Barton and Porter they have staggered with that group as well. Now they've staggered for mostly um, Rivers for Bones for um, PJ Dozier most of the time when I think that they should be staggering for Faku and Jeff Green. But that's probably the next step. Denver's played both greens. They've played one green. They've played all three of Bones, Barton, and MPJ together. They've tried a lot of different things. And one of those things might work. And if that works, then Denver will kind of latch onto it and they'll try to figure it out. But right now, I don't see a solution. I don't see something where I can point to and say, oh yeah, that's definitely going to work. At least against like half the teams in the NBA. I don't know if I can point to one thing. I think I would point to like, if I were to make a choice right now, if I were to run the bench unit for tomorrow, for the next game against the Houston Rockets, I would play Bones, Barton, PJ, MPJ, and Jamichael Green. I would go with an eight-man rotation and try to get better spacing in there. Get players that are going to not only push the tempo, but also are liable to shoot when you get out there. And if you still have PJ out there, he's a good connector where he can... uh, go from defense to offense pretty quickly and kind of save some of the possessions behind Porter, behind Bones, behind Barton, whatever. But you need to get some offense into that group. If you don't, then you're going to die. You're going to kill all of the momentum. If Jokic comes into the or comes out of the game and they've scored 80 points and then when he comes back into the game, they've scored 86. The score has gone up only six points in his time. It's really hard to come back from that. And Jokic is going to get tired. Michael Malone keeps saying it, and I totally agree. Now, if he doesn't want to go to an eight-man rotation, I'd be okay with going to Zeke Naji. Zeke Naji over Jeff Green next game. That might make some sense. Get somebody in there who's big, who's athletic, can hit shots because you're not getting it from the greens right now. And you're also not getting them from when they're playing together. You could also put Zeke over Jermichael Green instead and play Zeke next to Jeff Green, especially since Jermichael came out with what looked like an ankle injury. I'm not sure what that's going to look like, whether he's hurt long-term, but we're going to have to see. But that's going to be a real issue for the next few games, really for the next few months. Like, Denver is going to have to survive without Jamal Murray. And it's going to be pretty ugly, I think, for most of the time. I thought that Denver's offense would be better. I thought that they would be more competent. Uh, The bench has really dragged everything down. I think the starters are mostly fine. They needed a wake-up call tonight, but most of the time they're really good. Uh, But what I will say 
is that it's going to get really awkward really fast if it hasn't already. If Monte Morris and Will Barton continue to run crunch time, they're going to keep playing pick and roll with Jokic. Porter is going to continue to get very few shots. And I don't know when he's going to break out of his slump, but if Porter and Gordon continue to be zeros offensively on those crunch time minutes, Denver's just going to need a lot from Will. They're going to need a lot from Monte. Maybe they have Bones come into the game, though what I will say is like I, it's really tough to trust a rookie in crunch time. Like to immediately put him out there. But you might have to. Like you might say that Bones and Jokic pick and rolls with Barton spacing instead of and Monte out of the game and Porter and Gordon in there instead. That might be better for Denver in crunch time moments. I'm not sure if that's true. I definitely don't know if it's 100% true at all. But it can't be Faku. It can't be Rivers. Probably can't be PJ right now. He's been shooting like hell. You got to find it from somewhere. This is another game where Denver shot under 30% from three. They've been so bad from three to start the season. And there's a reason why they are losing games. Memphis hit 13 or 16 threes tonight, shot 47%. Denver hit eight threes tonight, shot 30%. 29.6. Denver lost this game by two. If they hit one more three, if they shoot 33%, then they win. That's it. That's the margin. And the fact that this is at this point is pretty depressing. But Denver needs their three-point shooter to start hitting shots. Michael Porter's got to get it together. Because... It's going to keep hanging over him until he does. Denver's a much healthier, happier team if they are hitting open shots because Jokic gets triple doubles. He doesn't have to play 38 minutes. Uh, Barton doesn't have to play 41. If Porter hits shots, things get simple for the rest of the team. But he's not there. And until he gets there, it's going to be a big struggle. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Uh, Once again, I'll be around with Swipe a Cam tomorrow, so make sure to check in for that episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.